Hey, welcome back to the Bulletin, guys. Another big week in footy. Just done round six, and uh, I think we can well and truly say that it's been a bit of a, a bad week in Dream Team this week. I'm joined by Mong. How do you fare? You did all right? How do you like it? Uh, it was definitely a terrible week, and I think you know that was pretty much across the board um, for everyone. So um, nice to be back on the pod again, two weeks in a row. Yeah, special yeah. treat. You were best Mong ground last week, so we've got you back. Um, what have we got on the agenda this week? So this week we're going to start off by talking about some trade grades, so grading each other's trades from last week. Um, then we're going to go on to the regular polling and trolling segment. Then we're going to talk about a bit about, obviously, the all-important buys that are coming up that we need to prepare for this week and next week. Very important. Um, then we'll be moving on to a section called Trade Station, so we're going to talk about upgrade targets in each um, of the lines. Then the regular, or now regular segment for me, talking a bit about betting. Long bet. Long bet segment. <laughs> very exciting. Um, and then finishing off with the big calls as per usual. So yeah, a very packed podcast today. We're going to have to skip through some stuff. Uh, obviously, Saints and Eagles both lost on the weekend, so we're not very as sad. up and about as you can be. And I did an old man's calf last night in the mixed basketball, so hopefully this will, uh, this will pump me up a little bit. Anyway, recap for a Real Dream Team. Let's go through this really quickly. Uh, I had 1966 in Real Dream Team. My rank's down to um, 6,000 or thereabouts, so pretty terrible. In AFL Fantasy, I had 1863, if you can wow. believe that. That is horrible. So I've gone from like 300 down to almost the 3,000 mark. That is a massive drop. And I Big guess drop. We'll talk about uh, some of the trolls there a little bit later. For me, 1919 Real Dream Team, just been on par of my shitness this year. Uh, around about 7,000, we're pretty close in the ranking there. And in AFL Fantasy, 1948. Better than some, but a lot worse than most. Um, and I'm out to like 19,000 in the rank. So it's going to be a very <laughs> yolo version of the game. Yeah, not a great season for me. Let's not make excuses. Let's get straight to the trade grades, Mong. And um, give us your trades for a real dream team, and I'll tell you how I think they went. Okay, so in the real dream team, I got Viv Mitchy and Gary Rowan out. So two rook- basically rookies for rookies just to make some cash. Um, I've got now like... 300k sitting in the bank for the buyers and I got in Robertson and Billings so I was tossing up between Billings and Sam Ward obviously and went with Billings in the real dream team for the better job security and also because he's a sainter <laughs> that helps uh, A plus mom A plus um, yeah, yeah well I mean Mitchie wasn't playing Roland's not playing you got two guys who are on the bubble both pumped out decent scores I think it was a 60 and an 80 ish mm-hmm. can't get much better than that and you've got a lot of money left over uh, real dream team for me. I've got rid of a couple of midfield rookies, Ellis and Tyson. Uh, obviously, Tyson wasn't that great this week and Ellis didn't play. And I brought in Sam Lloyd. A bit disappointed with his 42 on the field, unfortunately. But I brought in my anti-boy, Evert. I can't believe I did it. I was one of those uh, YOLO decisions. Just a full lockout. And I thought, you know, stuff this. I'm going to do something a bit ridiculous here. And happy with his 112. What it also did is gave me a mid-link for the buys, which I hope will come in handy. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like that. Sam Lloyd giving you that um, mid-link for the buys is very handy. I don't know how much you can trust your anti-boy. No, nah, not at all. I've got no trust. Brad Ebert, but he did pump out a big score. Um, obviously, Lloyd sub-affected 40, but I'd still give you a B+. Plus. Like, it's still pretty B good. B+. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing terrible there, I guess. AFL Fantasy. Um, all right, so in AFL Fantasy, I also did the same double ground, downgrade tactic to make some cash. I got rid of Ellis and um, Gary Rowan as well again and got in Robertson and Lloyd. So I actually had the option. I was tossing up between Billings and Lloyd, and I went with one in each just to sort of cover my bases. 
All right, well, I'm going to give you a C here for the main reason that you went Lloyd over Billing. Obviously, in real Dream Team, Lloyd was about 112k, Billing's a bit more expensive, and in the AFL Fantasy, it was the other way around. Yeah, it does so seem, it it does like seem you... pretty stupid, really, when you put it like that. I had Billings for both initially, but the reason I did choose Billings in real Dream Team is obviously with the limited trades, I liked his job security better and thought I could see yep. him as my forward, sort of forward emergency for the rest of the year. Whereas, whereas Lloyd's has has been scoring a bit better in AFL Fantasy and was looking at more of a cash grab type type thing, but it turned out, you know, Billings got 80 and Lloyd got 40, so it was pretty bad decision in the end. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, that's why I give you a, a C. <laughs> uh, for me, I've got Ellison Rowan out, uh, two rookies obviously, bringing in Dalhouse and Billings, giving me another mid-forward link in the AFL Fantasy and uh, I was able to play Dangerfield in my midfield this week. What do this you reckon? does look like a bit of an A++ <laughs> trade at the moment. Absolutely nailed it. Obviously, awesome. Dalhouse has been looking fantastic. And Billings pumped out another great score, as we've already talked about. And he's looking great moving forward as well. All right. So above average trades for us this week, considering we're having a pretty average season. <laughs> Called ourselves having above average trades, yet our scores were still terrible. Yeah, so okay. it just shows how well we're going. Plugging up a leaky boat, it seems. All right, let's get into the polling. Let's uh, power through these. I'm going to go with uh, the three votes. The Magpie Quartet. Haven't they been awesome the last couple of weeks? Woo! Pendles 107, Swan 122, Sidey 124, and Beams, everyone's permalock, 136. That's the second week in a row where they have been at the top four highest scoring pies. Back it's to back. a bit of nostalgia just seeing them sitting oh, there at the top of the, top of the scoreboard there. Just I love it. The good old days. I love it. So number two in the polling is Sam Mitchell, who's been absolutely on fire in the last, well, this week anyway. He had 142, and he's, yeah, had some huge scores this year with three over 120. Um, and he's looking at that top backline scoring option that we expected from the start of the year. Absolutely, 144, uh, 42 on the weekend, he's said, massive. Um, his only real failure or failures have been, obviously, in round one, tagged by Rockliffe, and in round four or so against Ge- uh, Geelong, Guthrie tagged for 87. So apart from that, being excellent. On the other hand, we have Dane Swan, who gets the one vote in the polling, and he had 122 this week, but he's only just started to get going in the last couple, I would say. Now, the reason why he gets a vote for us, I mean, one of 22 wasn't in the top 10 scores or anything, but he was a very, very popular inclusion. He as was, a, and as a good vice captain option, option as well, although not as good as Beams. Um, yeah, 122 in the bank, you take that, don't you? So Oinkington is back. <laughs> and after, I mean, you would have taken into account he had seven in the first quarter, so he has absolute like. The fact that he got 122, I mean, it's a great score, and it, but it wasn't massive. But the fact that he got most of that in three quarters really shows that pigging ability is is back, really. Okay, I see what you're saying, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm still not 100% convinced, and this is why. He needed four goals on the weekend for that score. It was only 122. Normally when you know, he, kicked, he gets When he kicks goals. four goals, he's getting 150 plus. Yeah, exactly. Plus. And he's only exceeded 27 touches in one game this year out of six. So that's, for him, unheard of. Easily his lowest. Yeah. Ah. I'm still un- unconvinced, but if you want to get on, you got to do it now. Honourable mentions, Mom. Um, so James H, he was sort of one of the midfield rookies that probably a lot of people missed with the Dunstan-Tyson-Pollock sort of combo that yeah, most, Mitchie was there most people, people. Mitchie as well, that most people went with. But he's been really good this year. He's up to um, 315k now, so he's almost 
um, the same price as those other guys. And he had 108, so he was great for people that got him. But one of the best things about him is that he scored 100 after five or six weeks. So if you score 100 in round one, obviously that only stays in your rotation, your price yeah, rotation really for one point. or two weeks. And same in AFL Fantasy. We don't partic- we don't exactly know the, the price change formula, but it's it's similar. So that's going to really put his price increases. You know, really. Obviously, no one's going to pick him up now at this point. In no, you're not going to pick him up. But good if job if you did. Pick him up. Yeah. So job security tick, scoring ability tick, and he has a great buy compared to you know good a lot of point. other round, round eight buy out a tick for the honourable mentions. All right, into the trolling now. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Who? Where? Where to start? I probably had I don't know every single player in my team just about that I could have mentioned for this, but starting with Alex Fasolo and Sam Lloyd, it's a bit of a combo here because most yeah. people would have had either one or some people might have even had both and definitely had to play at least one of those guys. You would think And so, they yeah. had 19 and 42. So, I mean, it's just unlucky, really. Like, they've both been going along um, going along pretty well, but Fasolo is going to be out for a couple of weeks and for most people having just traded him in, that is really annoying. That's tough. At least I got him on his on the bubble, so I had one week at 110 for now I have to deal with him. He's, he's up to 300k yeah. now, so yeah, it is. he's at the handy price. There's a lot to, of things you can do to with him, do downgrade, with him. upgrade, yeah. all that sort of thing. So at least he gives us the option. Uh, Sam Lloyd, you just got to chuck the arrow on your bench. Yeah. Uh, two votes in the trolling. Um, I don't have him this year, and I've very much considered him uh, on... Don't I guess, worry, I've got him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had him. Uh, Joel Selwood, 73. Coupled with his 58 last week, that's put his price just skydiving he's not going to be increasing in price anytime soon gone this week he has to be he's got a round eight buy he's leaking cash i don't know anyone that doesn't have a problem with round eight midfielders and you know you've got to to get him out this week basically well i mean there's a lot of people who have bigger issues and and underperforming uh primo mid but the good news is for non-owners he's going to be very tasty around after another two weeks once those two uh two scores drop out of his definitely i mean i wouldn't even i I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces it back Bounces back this week against Richmond. Like Richmond have been giving up a lot of dream team points, especially. Oh, he's a, he's a class above the sixty-five point average he's been going at the last four. But I just it? think with the buy structure and the cash he's leaking, like even I don't his break evens probably like over one hundred and forty this week in AFL fantasy. It's like one hundred and eighty or something in real dream team. Yeah. So yeah, he's going to leak cash, and I just think it's a, probably a good move this week to get rid of him. That's what I'm doing anyway. Mom, all right. One vote is his teammate Enright yeah. with fifty four. Corey Enright, so he's a very popular, um, very popular defender. Primo, I sort of didn't really consider him this year to start with, just because I guess because of the structure I went with, I only went with two defensive primos. But a lot of people did, and he really just hasn't been getting it done, especially in the last couple of weeks. Um, he hasn't been getting a tag. Just he's not injured. He no. just hasn't been scoring well. Although in saying that, like I said, they are playing Richmond this week, so I've got um, a feeling that he might bounce back. Yeah, so his break-even's right up there. He's dropped 80k and uh, 16 average points from last year. He's one of those guys who's straight onto the watch list as a fallen primo, I think. Uh, I think he's a lot better than he's been pumping up. He's 32 years old, but in the role that he plays in Geelong's team, uh, that's no issue. So, you know, he might get a rest along the way, and after that, once his uh, break-even pops down a little bit, he might be one to look at. His honourable mentions... Uh, I think the first one's pretty self-explanatory. Last week it was Juddy. This week is Buddy. 41 <laughs> points. Car crashes, sore knees. Just a generally not a great week for the yeah, big dog. It's just been a roller coaster ride with Buddy this year, as it has been the last couple of years. And just, yeah. you know, can't really consider getting him into your team, even if he's low price at the moment. There's only so many times we can make the Buddy awful joke. <laughs> like, 
Not for me. What about uh, what about Hooker, 49? Yeah, well, he did definitely troll <laughs> a lot of people this week who have traded him in after a ripper start to the season from the big dog. Yeah. Um, he's been averaging, like, over 10 marks a game, just getting the chip kicks around the back line. Um, and, but Essendon, the last couple of weeks, I mean, he still scored well against the Saints two weeks ago, but... They've had two pretty bad losses that have brought them crashing back down to earth and maybe they aren't the fantasy god team that we thought they might be. Possibly not. I mean, the midfield is still getting a lot of points the last couple of weeks. Um, well, Stanton that, that is his score. first failure, so let's just uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just take a step back. But I will take full responsibility last week on the podcast. I put the moz in him. I said he was a premium. Lock it in. And oh, he still might be, but yeah. Not great. Not a good score. To All right, that wraps up the intro, I guess. Let's get straight on to the buys, and it's a big, big issue that we need to deal with. All right, Mom, tell us what's happening with the buys this year. How does it work? So I guess the first thing we mentioned is that it is a best 18 structure for both competitions, AFL Fantasy and the Real Dream Team. So that means that you'll get the best 18 scores from players that are on your field That's is the important very, thing very to mention. Important thing to because mention. say, you know, you've got somehow you've got um, seven defenders or seven forwards playing in any one week. Just because you've got those extra players in the forwards and back line doesn't mean you're going to get them, or it means you will not have them included in your 18 players. Absolutely. Unless, of course, one of those players is a late withdrawal, and then it happens to be an emergency situation. Exactly, just like usual. usual. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the other dif- or the only difference between the two comps for the buyers is, as per usual, we've got two trades per week in AFL Fantasy. But in the Real Dream Team, although we've got limited trades for the season, we do get an extra trade. So for rounds 8, 9, and 10, you will get three trades a week. Yeah, and this is a very important difference, and we'll expand on that in a little bit. I want to know what Mong's been thinking. What's Mong's plan for the buy? Because we, as we talked about earlier off air, we actually did really well on the buys last year with a bit yeah, of plan. Yeah, really helped us out. I mean, I think both of us shot up from around the 10,000, or outside the 10,000 mark into the top 2,000, and then eventually into the into the top 1,000 to finish the season. So if you plan around the buys really well and you're really smart about it, it can give you a massive advantage against... Other people that might we might say a bit more casual when it comes to their dream team and fantasy football. That's it. I guess that's where the hardcore DTs get the advantage. So what are you thinking of doing? So basically, I've got two quite different situations. With the real dream team, my midfield structure isn't actually so bad. And I've got um, my midfield structure with having too many round eight primos in AFL fantasy isn't a problem in the real dream team. I've got beams and pendles for round eight, Libra in round nine, and then Rockliffe. Oliver and Rockliffe in round 9 and then Watson in round 10. So what I'm doing this week is I'm just going to make one downgrade. So I'm going to get Hallahan into the mids, which is perfect because he's got the round 9 buy, which is where we're struggling with players. Well, most people are struggling with players. So I've hoarded about 300,000 at the moment. So I can make some upgrades to Primos, just, you know, basic buy tactics. So get the rooks out that haven't had their buy into um, upgraded to premiums that have had their buy. Pretty, so, pretty for, exa- stuff, for yeah. example, next week I'll look at, or sorry, after round eight, I'll be looking at getting Langford out, who has basically cat maxed out. Yep. He has a round nine buy, so I'll get him out after he's played in round eight for me and upgrade to a round eight defender premium, either Bartel or Gench, who have just had their round eight buy and will play round nine and ten for me. Easy. So, yeah, that's a basic sort of tactic that you're sort of going to be looking at. So basically, um, the, the idea here is that you want to dodge the donuts while improving your team. Exactly. And that's uh, we've talked about that on the site plenty in the past. 
if uh, if you're in doubt as what's happening there, just uh, have a look at some old and articles. I mean, the, the other thing years. we'll mention, which I think um, you'll elaborate on, T better, is the fact that we've got these three trades. So I'm actually probably going to save some trades. Well, this week I'm only going to do one. Um, I have been burning through the trades in oh, Real Dream Team, so yeah. just like AFL Fantasy, you think it's the same game, but it's not. Um, so then I'm going to use one trade this week, and I'm hopefully potentially going to use no trades next week. That'll allow me to use um, the six trades in the two rounds afterwards yeah. to get in all those round eight primos that have um, had their buy, all the round eight midfield guys like the Swans and the Johnsons. The guys those sorts of guys just, that we um, all really want to get in our team that we should have had in our team from the start of the year. But all right, anyway. so just um, just expanding on the three trades per week in Dream Team, what this means is, and this is what I'll, something I'll be looking at, is not trading before round eight because any trade you make, basically in the next one, two, or three weeks, that player's going to miss out on their buy. Exactly. So I'm going to miss. I'm going to leave those three trades. Um, we got limited trades anyway, so it's always a good idea to sort of hold. Then, as you said, after round eight, do those upgrades slash buy dodging things. And the whole reason why we don't have to trade before round eight is because we have three trades. So we can do two downgrades and then one upgrade if we need be. We don't need to hoard cash in Dream Team. In AFL Fantasy, completely different story. So two trades per week. Obviously, you have to use your two trades. Otherwise, you're just falling behind the competition. So those two trades leading into round eight, I reckon, have to be downgrades to get the cash. And then, obviously, do the same upgrade, downgrade, buy dodging, increasing your team, sort of uh, sort of moves, but using that extra cash to help you along the way. Mm-hmm. So, basically, this week in AFL Fantasy, I've got a problem most people have got. My current buy structure is 12-6-12, which yeah, is that's, that's... pretty horrendous. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had that bad. It was that bad at the start of the season, but it somehow ended up like that. <laughs> so, um, really, yep. this week, I have to get rid of two round eight players. Which I'm going, which are going to be Griffiths and Joel Selwood for me, and I'm looking at bringing in Hallahan as I did in in the Real Dream Team. Yep. But also, I'm going to probably up, instead of hoarding cash as you just talked about, I'm probably going to look at upgrading to either Sam Mitchell or Cade Simpson. Um, Sam Mitchell from his form would seem like a lock, but he's going to get the tag from Tom Curran this week from the Saints yeah. most likely, and he's been doing a good job lately. And then he plays the tough to score against Sydney. So I think he might be better as a post-round 9 upgrade target. Okay. And I might actually go with Simpson instead. I'm, so a, big, a, I'm a big advocate of Simpson, actually. Mm-hmm. Low score of 84 uh, in a few of my teams. Very much like him. Very, very consistent player. One of the things that I've really started to think about now is... Everyone, everyone has, basically, everyone I've talked to has a round-out buyer that's, that's pretty bad. So you've got anywhere from 11 to 15 or 16 players in that round 8 buy. And in round nine, it you know is anywhere from five to eight. So yeah. basically, what I'd be if you don't want to look at hundred percent, like don't want to do you know, don't want to have a really rigid, stringent plan. In the very simplest form, all you have to do is think: I need to get out round eight guys whenever I can and bring in round nine or round ten guys. Specifically, round nine are the guys you want to look at. What this means is Darcy Gardner. It becomes very important this week, I think, because he's on the bubble. He's the only defender. Rugby we have available, and we have so many round eight defender cash cows ready to cut. So exactly, who we got here? We got Griffiths, we've got Langdon, Langdon McDonald, if you want. Oh, there's another couple there that I'm forgetting. You could, you could say Cut, Cut, yeah, Collar Jasney maybe. So all these guys are in round eight, and if we want to improve our buy structure, getting these guys out would be really good, and bringing in someone who's not a round eight uh, rookie, yeah. Would be, yeah, would be the way to go. So Darcy Gardner. What, what can he say about him? He, he's avoided the vest, which is great, but he's only scored like 40 points or something. So uh, average of 36, 
I mean, those 40 points are going to be handy. It's better than a donut. <laughs> it's better than a donut, exactly. No, that's a great point. And with any luck, he uh, starts getting a few more points. And, and then he, you know, he just sits at your D8. There's nobody else in the back line that I want. The only other rookie that I'm liking at the moment is Hallahan. And even then, there's some job security questions over him. Um, if you can trade Langdon out maybe in your midfield, if you've got that DPP mm-hmm. mid-deathly, yeah, go for it. But, you know, I think Darcy Gardner... And, Stay tuned to Jeff as junior. He'll give us uh, the, the rundown on Darcy, but I think he might be uh, someone that you really need to consider this week in both forms of the game because he's pretty cheap in AFL fantasy as well. Probably the only good thing about the buyers that we can say we can look forward to is that we can get these fallen premiums around the buyer period and, uh, and especially afterwards. So guys like Brandon Goddard especially is going to probably be a massively traded in player after, yep. after their buy in round 10, as well as Joel Selwood, who we've already talked about. Yeah, there's a fair few other guys there. Um, I won't mention now because we need to power through. But yeah, definitely keep your eye on the break-evens and the guys who have had one or two bad scores that are dropping their price. In our, in, right now, we can look at it and think in a couple of weeks, that's when they're going to be good to pick up. All right, buys, I think, are set. Well, I think. Hopefully. <laughs> Get out, yeah, a round eight, guys. Bring in round nine, guys. That's my biggest uh, a bit of advice. Very basic, wanna... easy advice. Exactly. It's the trade station, Mom. Woohoo! <laughs> so, right. what we're doing to talk about here is we're going to fe- talk about something fun, upgrade targets, everything, things that everyone loves oh, to do, makes their it, team look better instead your of team better just so fixing good. up patches and starting to really have your team come together the way you want it to look at the end of the season. So, for each line, we're going to go through a value pick, a pick that fits the buys, a consistency pick, and a YOLO pick. YOLO! We're starting with the defenders. I'm going to um, start with a value pick. And Grant Virgil, he's priced at 429k at the moment. Um, this He's only this low due to a 40-70 he had against the Bombers, but we know he can go big, and he hasn't done that so far this year. He plays the Saints this week, and I reckon with Curran going to, to Sam Mitchell, it's going to free up both him and Suckling to Ooh. possibly have some massive scores this week. Um, he's got Sydney and Port after that. And he had two 80s against Sydney last year. And against Port, he's had no scores under 85 in his last four. So I reckon he's a good value pick that shouldn't really, tr- hopefully not troll you in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, yeah. And you know, he and he could definitely end up being one of those top six defenders come the end, come the end of the year, yeah. which is which is what you want out of an upgrade target, basically. He's definitely better than what he's been going at the moment. All right, what about the buyers? Um, so the next thing is um someone that suits the buyers. So. Basically, anyone that's not round eight. That's, um, that's so horrible. you can get any. You can. Um, I think Michael Hibbard from the Bombers Ooh. as a round te- as a round ten buy is a great option. So he's going to be able to play for you in round eight and nine. He's super consistent. Picks up the plus sixes across the halfback line all day, and he's got pretty easy fixtures next. He's got the Bulldogs and the Lions, and then Sydney, which is a bit tougher. But you know he should score pretty well against those two. Someone you don't really need to sell. He's been he's been great this year. Very consistent, as is the next guy. Yes, the consistency pick, James Bartell. He's only had one one score under 80 this year, and he's really just getting the job Ooh. done. So if you're looking for a bit of consistency, look at Jimmy. He's been under the radar as well. Yeah, bit. very no, under the radar. I don't know what he's, how, how many people he's been selected by, but I, mean, I didn't really consider him at not, the start of the not year. Not much chatter about him. YOLO, this is my favourite one. I love the YOLO one. Who you got? Michael Johnson. Now, I know you really don't like him, especially the fact, I guess, that he plays for Fremantle, but he's all Australian. 
Yeah. He's got silky skills. Yeah, um, he's the seventh, high, seventh highest scoring defender this year so far, and also only has one score under eighty. Um, the reason, like, I mean, he's not the type of guy you think of as being consistent, but he has been pretty good so far yeah. this year. He's averaging ninety three and a half. He's very unique. He's only selected in four and a half percent of teams, and the Dockers love his his quality ball use. I mean, I I just think he could be a great unique selection. That's the thing. If you want, if you're going to pick up Michael Johnson, it would be for the unique factor. I, I don't, I don't know. think I, I, don't know I, I wouldn't do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, I'm not a huge fan of the guy. I do have him in um in my category league, and his marks really do help as a backer. But that's uh, it's neither here nor as there. As an aside, all right. Moving on to the midfield, T better is going to cover this. So, who is your value pick in the midfield? Oh, I've been looking at the midfielders a lot this week with uh with another article I've been doing. Callum Ward is my value pick. All right, hear me out. He was tagged to 59 in round four and concussed for 44 in round five. So that has absolutely just put it, like, those two bad scores in a row. As in a row as well. So they're Bang. really going to stick in his rolling average for a while in both both AFL fantasy. Yeah? Exactly. So he's 443k in real dream team. A little bit more expensive in AFL fantasy. But it's important to remember, he's scored 110 plus in all those other four games. Mm. So he's looking really, And GWS really good. have been really fantasy friendly this year. So, oh, you know, he, yeah. could, he is a potential legitimate probably as your eighth mid at the end of the year, depending on how things go throughout the year. And he could be a nice little unique pick in there as well. Yeah, I really like him at that price. And he's around round nine, nine buy. buy. Speaking as, of buys... Yeah, the next guy, Mark Murphy. All right. Now, I'm, I've never been a big fan of Mark Murphy. I reckon he's about as tough as pillows. And I'll, I'll express that every time I watch a game he's in. But he's, he's scoring at the moment is undeniable. 141 and 146 in the last two weeks. Tackling like a man possessed. Averaging 11 plus tackles. And he's still only 520k in both comps. The only issue with this, I mean, he does have the great round nine buy, which we, we've talked about enough to know that that's an issue. But he's got Macapa this week, and I'm not sure whether the timing is 100% right. Although, if you th- if you, you know, he's broken a couple of tags the last two weeks, if you're confident he can do it again, he's the man. He's, uh, he's, he's the man you want. All right, on to consistency now, and. I guess when it comes to consistency, you don't really think of Stanton and Ebert being... Definitely those. don't. I cannot believe you've mentioned those two guys, okay. especially Stanton and consistency me, in the same Stanton. Let me change, change your mind with some stats. All right. Neither will ever be tagged. I mean, they've got Watson and Heppel at Because yeah, they're crap. Yeah. They have Boak and Hartlett at, at Port, and they're so outside, it's ridiculous. They're uh, playing kid to kick outside the stadiums most days. So the reason why you look at them is because they're not going to be tagged. They're both averaging 129 over the last three. That is massive. Both have just one score under 100 this year, which is around the 90 mark. So no failures uh, under the radar, and both have those excellent buys. One round eight buys. Round nine and one's round 10. Consistent picks. Um, If you're willing to pay the money, I reckon they'll pay you back in spades. Now... The YOLO, your favourite, the midfield YOLO. Who have you got, T? That's... Uh, It's so YOLO, it's almost... You can't do it. That's... (laughs) How um how ridiculous it sounds to talk about this guy as an upgrade target. Nathan Jones, thank you very much. You can't do it. But well, I mean he is cheap and he has been scoring massively. Yep. Still. <laughs> Two things that are very nice when you when you look <laughs> at his trading. Five hundred K. He had 135 Dream Team last week. Four scores this year already of 115 plus. Doesn't have to worry about the tag because he's been Melbourne's best player for the last six years, so he knows how to handle it. What can I? What else can I say? I mean, it's dirty. He's got a dirty, it's like, so dirty. average name. Might as well be called John Smith. 
but he has the buy, and you know, I guess luck favors a brave if you're willing to bring in someone. I saw Roy had him in his real dream team side, so he's a very knowledgeable dude. Maybe he's maybe he's got bigger balls than we ever give anyone credit for. So, look, if you really want to mix things up, Nathan Jones is probably your guy, and that's disgusting to say, but it's the truth. All right, moving on, moving on to the rucks now. I oh, guess this tough, is this is a, this is a tough line. It's a tough line because you know most of us have tried to go with the set and forget. And Sandilands has been fantastic. So I'm assuming when I'm talking about this, I'm assuming that everyone's got Sandy. But then I guess the other the other rucks premium spot is the other um, sort of area of concern. So for the value pick, I reckon Ben McAvoy at 411k, which is basically his starting price, is a great option. I actually had him in my real dream team at the at the start of the year because I thought he was such great value. Um, he plays. My boys and his ex-boys, the Saints this week. So he's Ooh. only got Hickey. Revenge so I reckon game. he should um, have a pretty good game there. And then he plays Sydney as well, which means he's only coming up against Mike Pike. So, yeah. you know, I reckon he should be pretty handy. and He provides some great value. The next thing is the buys that we need to take into account. So you basically, as we've said, you want to get a guy that has around 9 or around 10 buy. The good thing is here in the rucks, there's a lot of good round 9 premiums available. So there's... Cox, Lobby, and McAvoy, they're all good options there. Yep. Um, next thing is consistency. So um, if you want the consistent pick, Sam Jacobs, there's no better guy. He's got the best consistency rating as per the AFL Fantasy site. He's had four scores over 100 um, with a 67 and a 71 mixed in, which isn't great. But, I mean, in the rucks, you, you think of guys like Cox and Sandilands, and they've both also had those sort of lower oh, scores. Way, so way lower than I think, for a lot of people, yeah. Exactly. I think that um, Sam Jacobs is definitely the most consistent guy that you can hopefully, fingers crossed, rely, rely on for the rest of the year. Um, the last guy as the YOLO pick YOLO. is one of um, T-Better's boys who he had at the start of the year. Um, oh. Paddy Ryder's actually, I think, could be quite a very sneaky little selection well, and very unique. And this is why he picked him at the start of the year, fair enough. And he had an injury-interrupted start to the year with, I think he had a 37 or so subbed out round two against yeah, the Hawks. Rough. But apart from that, he's had 90 and 111 in his last two, and we know he's got the potential to go big. The other thing I'll mention is that he's had those two massive scores in the last two weeks in two losses against the Saints and Collingwood. Yeah. So despite losing, he's had, you know, he's had two good scores there. Um, and the fact that he's under, just under 400k, he's 399k in AFL Fantasy, provides some good value there as well. I guess the other side of that is Bell Chambers is uh, is building this week from the VFL, so he's you know he's a good chance to come back, and uh, I guess it would be even more yolo to pick Paddy Ryder. <laughs> if Bell Chambers is selected, Bell yeah, Chambers. he'd be very yolo. All right, let's get into the forwards now, and I've spent a lot of time on these guys because that's easily the it biggest. It is the worst line oh, by far this year. I hate it. I just look at my team. I scroll down. I think, oh yeah, all right, oh yeah, quality, right. right. yeah. Oh, good work in the rucks, and I get down to the forward line, and I just. Close the browser, shut down the computer, and go play sports outside, <laughs> which obviously doesn't happen. My value pick, pretty popular guy actually, but for some reason he still hasn't increased uh, that much in price. I think he had a, a bad score um, of 59 halfway uh, through the season so far, I guess. Dane Zorko, he's like an average of 450k between the two comps, but he's had everything else over 80 apart from that uh, that one score, so... I'm really liking him. I've got him in AFL Fantasy and I'm considering a real dream team because he's just so important to the Lions now with all their yeah, injuries. He's in the midfield just, full-time. I really don't like picking players from bad teams, but you know he has been getting it done. Like I'm surprised to see that stat that he's had 
every score over 80 apart from that 159. So yeah, me too. Definitely makes me very interested at that price. It's a nice, nice price as well. That's true. And also, once again, no round eight buy. Speaking of a buy pick, uh, Dalhouse is who I settled on. I gave Wingard a quick look here, but he's still a bit, there's a queries over his, his fitness. So I'll set it on Dahl. Um, 440k in AFL Fantasy, 420 in Real Dream Team, and God, he looks the goods. I brought him in uh, this week, obviously, as we mentioned earlier. He had that one shocker of 61. I think it's what put a lot of people off. But we, as we know, based on selections the following week, that was injury affected. His other scores have been 108, 93, 114, and 99. Wow, as that a looks full-time really mid. good. Yeah, get on. Um, I jumped on last week. It's make, you make, you're making the fours look a lot better here. Yeah, no, there's yeah. there's positives to be uh, to be mentioned. Just they're none of them in my team at the moment. I guess that's why we're talking about them as upgrade targets. But. Exactly. Consistency. Uh, Luke Parker. I'm a big fan of Parker actually. Harvey was a consideration here, but he's you know he's 43 years old. <laughs> he's still chugging along. Beat the Crowley along. tag last week. He did. He smashed it to all the boom, the boomers. Boomer. <laughs> anyway, uh, Parker, young and uh, he's looking fresh. Four, uh, five scores of 90-plus this year, with the other being just a 79 in uh, in pretty soggy conditions in a loss. Yeah. So he's currently the third-ranked forward by total points. I reckon you can say he's going to be definitely a top eight, if not or probably top six forward. Yeah, I reckon year, I'd so. put my life on him being a top eight. So please don't not do that, Parker. Yolo pick. This uh, is a, this is more Yolo than my Nathan Jones is, pick. This is the most Yolo pick of them all. I'd say. All right. I, I had to say it. I told you last week why you couldn't get him in. <laughs> Alright, for those who didn't uh, listen to the pod last week, uh, McGlynn is who I'm going with here. He had 105 this week to back up his 150-odd from uh, from last weekend. That's, that's some good numbers. And I thought, you know, just a flash in the pan kind of thing. I look back, he's actually had four 95-plus point scores this year already in, in six games. And his role change has been as a run with players. So that's helping put his scores up. Would you ever, ever consider You can't that? do it. Just, four, four, four just go something. and look at his scores from 2013. Yes, but it's a different and then, McGlynn. Yeah, okay. But <laughs> you look at his scores from 2013 and then you'll agree with me. You would never trade in there. Yeah, I don't really know if I can... Um, it would be can, seriously yeah, YOLO. Very YOLO. Sure. All right, so hopefully... Those upgrade targets, talking about a few of those guys, help. Let us know on uh, on Twitter or on the post uh, who you're looking at for your upgrade targets this week. All right, let's get into Mongbet. Mongbet, let's do it. Favorite segment of the week. All right, because um, we're doing a bit of an early pod this week, there's no lines yet available for Dream Team scores or individual player, player lines on the Sportsbed website, which is the, by far the best markets on this sort of stuff. Yeah, there right. is a Supercoach scores up, but I don't really know how to, <laughs> how to do that. So I'll just keep, 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 it, keep it nice and simple. Um, so just in anticipation of the lines that sort of might come up or the sorts of players that they usually put lines out for, Sam Mitchell, Mark Murphy, and Luke Shuey. Three guys who are all very likely to get tagged this week. So in anticipation of them having a line available or even a head-to-head available, I would be getting on the other player or the under bet for all these three guys. Mitchell is very likely to get the tag from Curran. Mark Murphy is going to get absolutely raped by McCaffer, I would say. Yep. And then Luke Shuey as well is very consistently tagged by Crowley when it comes to the derby. So 
yeah, I'd be staying away from those three guys or actually going towards those bets and betting the under or betting on the other player. T-Bets, you got to add something about these taggers that have been killing people's scores oh, this man. season. Yeah, I love talking about the taggers because I hate them and I like being able to predict what's going to happen, at least have my expectations in check for the next week. So a couple of guys we mentioned in the pod a couple of weeks ago was Wallace, Hocking, and Kerno. All those three guys were, were tagging and doing a reasonably good job. None of them played in round six, so uh, can't re- we don't know what's going to happen with their selection this week. Maybe Wallace and maybe Hocking back. Guthrie also didn't tag this week. Halls and Smith took that over, and he did a quite a good job as well. So the guys we're looking at are the three you mentioned, Curran, McArthur, and Crowley. But Curran's the one I want to talk to. He's being dubbed the TC effect. I didn't come up with it, but you know I like the sound of it. Rocky, this is his victims, by the way. Rocky to 76, Heppel to 46, Shuri to 85, and Trelaw to 69 are his four victims this year whenever he's been given a hard tag. He has not been beaten once when he's tried. And uh, in this week, Sam Mitchell looks like the guy who's most likely to, uh, to get the infection. As you said... Uh, avoid him um, in, in bets. Yeah, it's or definitely very. Over. I mean, definitely something that I'm going to look at using is these looking at these taggers to influence how I bet um, on these lines in the head-to-head situation. And I guess there's relevance there for your actual dream team. If you're looking to get in around a non-round eight buy in your back line, maybe Sam Mitchell isn't the right yeah, just guy. As, just as we talked about to earlier, go with yeah. same in fantasy punt, which I'm I'm yeah. looking down here. It looks fantasy like punt, our favourite game. Oh, love um, it. Didn't have a great week in the round game this week, but still picked up some cash. As did a few of our mates in the Anzac Day Woo. free hit blockbuster, where there's like. 6,000, 4,000 teams or oh, something? Something, something crazy. And then, oh, like, by the way, I think let's say this again. Oh, I freaking hate that. Yeah. How, do they not, how are they not limiting entries? They won't even get back to it's me on Twitter. Re- uh, I did enter 11 <sighs> teams. One of my teams came fourth, so it was worth it. Yeah, and yeah, well picked, up, picked up a little bit of cash, which is nice. At least paid for my bet, betting in that competition for the week. Um, the free game this week is the Carlton-Collingwood game, Friday night, as per usual. Um, Collingwood smashed them in both games last year, and, you sh- and you'd expect them to do so again, despite Carlton's better form. So I would be leaning towards picking some teams that have a lot of Collingwood guys in it. So it's good to have a few teams, especially in the free hit option, where you've got just dominated with players in one yeah. team in case, well, as is likely, they dominate the fantasy stats. Um, and that's what, I mean, I did last week to win the fourth place prize. I had pretty much all Collingwood players with Stanton as my captain, so a little Ooh. bit of a unique option. But another thing is, with these free hits, chuck in some unique captains. So last year, Jamie Elliott top scored in one of the games with 125 against Carlton, and Jeff Garlett also had a massive game in the other one um, where he scored over 115 or something. Exactly. As well. It was so, a free you hit. Know, just chuck in Might a unique well. captain. The next game that's available is the Hawks and Saints game. So clearly you're going to load up on Hawks players in oh, this yeah. one. As we mentioned, you stay away from Sam Mitchell, likely to get tagged. Should free up guys like Suckling and Birchall, so I'm reckon, I reckon that either one or both of them is going to have a massive day out. And then also we can consider the really cheap guys like Hallahan and Langford. Hallahan um, has Hallahan, to be Hallahan, you know, has to be yeah. in there because, you know... He's as long as he's not sub, obviously, which is yeah. a little apt. And even Langford had 86 or so last week, so yeah, I think they've both got to be locked a little bit of irony here. Shane Savage had the top score in this fixture last year, but that's not going to happen again because he better be dropped after what he did on <laughs> yeah, the weekend. That was absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. One of the most retarded things I've ever seen in game football and caused us to lose a game. So, yeah. Well, not really, but, yeah, I'm blaming him. Also, I would be considering Lee Montagna as a captain option this game. He has been in absolutely ripping form. Oh, yeah. Um, he had 111 last time he got out against the Hawks, and, I mean, he might get a tag at the stoppages from Langford, but that's about it. I reckon he's still he's still going to run him up. As we've seen with Langford, he generally lets him, lets him go 
around the rest of the ground. They pretend they prefer to go a little bit more of a zone uh, all around the ground defense, Hawks. So that's uh, it. So yeah. Oh, I think we've got the West Coast and Frio Derby oh, is, up next. Oh, what's is that a big game over uh, here? Well, yes, and it's called the Derby for everyone who doesn't know. It still continually calls it the Derby, but I am not that pumped. Just a little bit excited, no, maybe. Actually, I'm not because Eagles, West Coast are going to get smashed. We've lost three in a row. Saying this, oh. it is classically a very tough game to predict, and the underdog often does come through with the upset. Maybe not in the last couple of years, but I remember, you know, back three oh, or four yeah. years ago when West Coast, even back in 05, 06, when West Coast were, you know, dominating. Frio always seemed to get up for the derby, so I reckon it is going to be in reverse. Derby, the derby. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh. In any case, I mean, you'd expect in or on history, Frio's dominated the scoring in, in um, the encounters in the last couple of years. And Barlow's had a fantastic record. Obviously, he's not likely to be back. So you can look at the next guy along the Frio midfield list as um, both David Mundy and Nat Fife have had great scores against these guys in the past. Especially Mundy really seems to get up for the derby. He's had um, 170 and 113 in the last couple of derbies. So he's a good safe captain option in this game. Yeah, but I really like I really like. Another him. guy I want to mention is Matt Rosa. He had 162 back a couple of years ago in this fixture. And although you would never have him in your dream team or AFL fantasy team, he... When he goes off, he really goes yeah. off. And he is so outside. So if you're looking for a bit of unique option in the midfield, maybe not as your captain, but I reckon you could um, have a look at Matt Rosa. Very much um, so, yeah. Neither Cox or Sandilands have great records in these games. Um, I don't think either of them has scored 100 in the last four games playing against each other. So another thing you can do here is save a bit of cash and have um, maybe look at Nick Natanui in your ruck. He's been a bit maligned in the press Whoa. this week. Yeah, I, don't, um, I don't really get that. And I reckon he could be, you know, he seems to be the type of guy that loves stepping up in the big occasion as well. So I reckon... In saying yeah. that, he's he's cheap and he's bloody cheap for a reason because he's been crap <laughs> in fantasy. So look, there is going to be one game where he turns it around and gets an 80 or so. This could very easily be that game, especially with all the heat he's got in the media. Just finishing off with a, with a um, tea better tip for the round game. So when you're picking your team for the whole round, not the individual games that we've just Ooh. talked about, fire away. Tea better's hot tip. One thing I like to do uh, is that, that, that is pick up midfielders against North Melbourne. As we keep on ramming home in these pods, North Melbourne, very, very, very rarely, absolutely 100% never tag. So an absolute no-brainer for me was to pick up Fife last week. And what did he get? 120-ish? 114 or something? So he was an absolute lock for me. You know, Fife normally gets a tag every week, doesn't get it against Ruse. He's always going to perform. So they've got the Gold Coast this week, which means Ablett could break all sorts of records. Consider other guys like Omira, Prestia, I don't know. Yeah. If you've got more than if you've got if you're doing more than one team, one of your teams has got to have Ablett captain. Oh, for sure, yeah, and that's pretty much. You'd say that every week. Now he's been so good, but definitely this week, Ablett should be in both your teams, regardless of whether he is captain or not. I think that brings to the end of of Mongbet for this week. It does. Thank you so much because uh, you're really helping me out with the all the bank issues at the moment. All right, let's get straight into the long range issues, and we've talked about a lot of stuff already, but there's a couple more to cover. couple of simple things really to finish off the pod a few long range issues and then the big call so the first one is with something we've already touched on but the fact that there's just no really good rookies Oof. for downgrade targets on the horizon we've talked about Hallahan being the only real decent option and then Gardner in the back line who we said you know he's scoring low but he's got pretty good job security um, we're going to 
Again, as we mentioned last week, be watching closely for Mitch Honeychurch to maybe hopefully make his debut yeah. this week. And also another guy who I've been having sitting on my bench for the last few weeks, um, Patrick Ambrose, could be coming back in for the Bombers. So especially after them losing the last couple of weeks, they're sure to make some changes. So oh. fingers crossed he finally gets back in. Back in, so that would be handy. Yeah, he played in the VFL on the weekend and he's come back from a quad issue. Kicked a goal or two. No, no issues with health coming back from that. You know, if you're watching the Essendon game last couple of weeks, you would have seen that they're having some serious uh, forward line structural issues. Um, Carlisle is a, just, just a walking spud. Spud. Yeah, he's uh, not giving him much of a yelp up there. So I reckon, um, go either way, I'd say Ambrose would be coming back in this week. Um, and definitely Bell Chambers if he's fit. Probably the second issue we need to look at, and I know it's going to be tough for a lot of people to deal with, but I know Swanee has a great break even, and I know it's really tempting, but you're going to have to overlook him, I'm afraid. He's yep. got that round eight bye. You can't you, do it. You, you want to. You want a donut. Look in in saying that, you something... can become a pig yourself by eating that donut. It's probably something we should have mentioned a bit earlier. If you are so loaded up on round eight by players, say uh, I think uh, Lefty tweeted me over the week, and I'll chuck this in the, the article version of this if you want to go back and have a look at it. But he said that he had uh, up to like only four of his starters aren't around eight by. So if you're in that such a dire straits like that. One thing you can do is just look to throw round eight. So you just bring in all the round eight guys you want. Just bring in Swan and <laughs> Pernambu. Just, just hog them all. You know, great scoring in every week, but round eight, obviously. It's you, only best yeah. 18, though, so there's no point having all these awesome no, guys if their scores aren't going to, you know. It's not. And it's, it's, it's like for, anyway. if you're going for overall ranking, 100% say don't do what you want, an even spread. But if you're only there for league wins, oh my God, you'd. Do you that. definitely do Oh, that. yeah, you do that 100% of the way. So if you've got a cash league there, which uh, is probably more than you could expect to win doing overall ranking, absolutely. Very easy way to clean up in round 9 and 10. Absolutely. You, you'll lose your round 8, but you'll win round 9 and round 10 if you do it right. So, yeah, if you're going for league, chuck someone in there, absolutely. But if overall ranking, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to let uh, El Onkanino... Let him slide. His oinkness. Uh, you're going to have to let... Uh, yeah. You're going to let him slide. Third point. And this is a nice little point for us as, uh, as Dream Team coach. It's been a bit of a rushed the last couple of weeks. We've got a normal fixture again. How was that? One Friday game, three Sunday games. No four, four Sunday? bloody no. loopholes to try and figure out. Like, I stuffed up this week with oh. solo on the bench. But anyway. Killer. Um, yeah, normal fixture. You don't have to worry about any of that. That's nice. No vice captain loopholes. Nothing like that. All right. Big call. Let's finish it off. All right. Big call for me this week is, I sort of already mentioned it, but I reckon the old man, Corey Enright, he's going to bounce back this week against the Tigers. He's been much maligned um, for his form over the last few weeks, but he's got 123 and 92 in his last two versus them. And I reckon Geelong are going to be so hungry this week to bounce back after getting really shown up by Port Adelaide um, last weekend. So I reckon against the Tigers, a lot of these Geelong players are going to have a day out, and I reckon Corey Enright might be one of them. All right. Don't bring him in though. No, because <laughs> <laughs> he's break even. But if you know if he gets you on know, the right track, yeah, in, in, a few, in a few weeks, like I'm saying, he's going to have a big score and then hopefully continue on to going back to his old ways, and then we can pick him up in a few weeks once he's dropped or bottomed out in price. Well, that's a very similar call to the one I'm going to make this week, and uh, it's another another future call. Brendan Goddard will be the most traded in player after round ten. I'm calling it now. I just think. He's had those two dodgy, or he's had that one dodgy score, and uh, he'll come back from uh, injury this week. Maybe play one or two. Uh, he's actually tabbed to play this week. If not, he'll play next week. Mm. He'll play two or three games before his bye. 
after that, absolutely and, right. And the digging. Bombers have really missed him. Like you oh. can see in the last couple of weeks, like they're just not the same team as they yeah. were when he's in the side. He's just such an important player. You'll be able to get him at a really cheap price. I haven't got um the projected price in front of me right now, but from the article I wrote on Monday, absolutely, he is going to be somebody that everybody's going to get on board if he gets uh the expected be, scores. He could, he, he's going to be like a straight. He'll be like almost straight swappable for like a Luke Dunstan or a Dom Tyson if you still got him. Oh. How nice, How nice is that? It's a good, good right. way to finish off the pod. Good way to finish off the pod with a bit of a form premium positivity there. All right. For the next week, guys, very important that you check out Jeppers Jr. It's going to be a bumper issue because we're so, I guess, starving for rookies. There's not much there. We've talked about a couple, but Jeppers, the expert, he'll give you the, uh, the smart word. Also, if you want to catch few more of our Robbie the Mong's thoughts and uh, bet tips, follow him at, at Robbie the Mong on Twitter. At TBetter9 for me, and have a great week. Good luck with all the all the buy times that's about to hit us. See ya. Uh,